Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. I got your polar vortex right here, Mother Nature. Welcome to the Chad and Cheese Podcast, HR's most dangerous. I'm Joel Cheeseman. Now I'm Chad Sowash. On this week's show, we pull some anti-ghosting magic out of our hat. We learn why Indeed gave the staffing industry a big F you, and we get a little contact high from the growing pot jobs industry. (laughs) Smoke up, Johnny. We'll be right back after a word from Sovereign. Sovereign AI matching is the most sophisticated matching engine on the market because it acts just like a human. You decide exactly how our AI matching engine thinks about each individual transaction. It will find, rank, and sort the best matches according to your criteria. Not only does it deliver the best matches, it tells you how and why it produced them and offers tips to improve the results. Our engine thinks like you, so you don't have to learn how to think like the engine. To learn more about Sovereign AI matching, visit Sovereign.com. That's S-O-V-R-E-N.com. Hopefully be seeing those guys sometime soon, right? Yeah, we're headed to Austin. We'll see if uh, they got any more uh, vodka or bourbon from HR Tech still around. <laughs> bourbon. Partaking some of that. Yeah, I think it was, it was bourbon. It was yeah. bourbon. Well, dude, happy Super Bowl weekend. No shit, right? It's here. Yeah, I tried to do a little a New York New York accent at the beginning, but it sounded a little bit more New England, maybe because there's been so many uh, Bostonians on TV lately. Bastards. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to win, though. I know that. I, yeah, I don't know that. Yeah. Quick quick prediction. I'm going to go uh, New England 35, uh, LA 31. I'm going to go LA 28, New England 14. Okay. Yeah. Only 14 points. Yeah, L.A. had one hell of a defense this year, and I think they're going to lock it down, and they can. If they can lock down uh, those receivers, not to mention they have a hell of a pass rush. Well, for the sake of the viewing audience, I hope it's not just 28 to 14. I hope it's a little more high scoring than that. It can still be a good game. Oh, sure. But these aren't like massive defenses. If New England's not scoring much, it's because they're sucking. It's not because they're playing the 2000 Ravens. (laughs) <laughs> or the, the 75 Steelers. The, the the Rams had a good defense this year. They had a very good defense this year. Take a look at their line as a Donaldson uh, and take mm-hmm. a look at their backs, and man. Sue. I mean, yeah, I mean. Boy called guys, Sue. Those guys, they're, they're legit. I'm waiting for the AFC to finally fucking put together some teams in the late season who don't just fucking fold like cheap card tables. Well, thank God we have the Browns then. <laughs> Who are destined for Super Bowl greatness. Once again. Interestingly, I haven't heard a lot about the commercials this year. I know it's going to be incredibly expensive to get a fucking, it always is, but it goes up uh, every year. So it. we'll see. We'll see who actually has the cash to play in this game. We'll see, and we'll probably discuss it on next week's show. More than likely. Uh, now, for the non-sports fans, they'll be, they'll be happy to know that we're going to tighten up our yeah. shout-outs uh-huh. a little bit. So we're limiting it to yes. people. Exceptional people, not just anyone. <laughs> Events and maybe like really special like yes. items for the show. Okay. So we're tightening it up. 
I'm going to start with Adam Gordon, candidateid.com or candidate.id, whichever one, go check them out. The crazy Scotchman, uh, Scotsman that uh, we love so much, did a Braveheart inspired deathmatch yes. video taunting us. I shoot fire out of my ass or lightning out of my ass and you shoot fire out of your eyes or something. Yes. But it was very well done. Love Adam. Can't wait to see him in Lisbon uh, on the deathmatch stage. Yes. And I have to say that TNG and the 10 guy creepy ass robot is the one who actually started this. So their video acceptance pushed Adam. But uh, yeah, you can check it out. You can go to chatcheese.com, click on podcasts and video or deathmatch, whatever. And they're going to be right there. Check them out. They're funny as hell. They must not have as much of a litigious society there in Scotland because I would be scared to death to do a parody of Braveheart. By risk of getting sued by everyone in Hollywood. But hey, Adam, good for you, man. Stick it to the movie studios. I would have thought you would have started out with the Joel throat punch. I don't know. To me, that that feels like the <laughs> the, the the fourth hitter. That seems like the cleanup to me. But uh, okay. yeah, if you want to bring that up, go ahead. Yeah. So you had a post on uh, LinkedIn that kind of, I would say, exploded to an effect. Mm-hmm. You posted, if you ever hear me say, and I quote, mm-hmm. I need to story this, mm-hmm. end quote, permission to punch me in the throat. Apparently, people don't have a problem. And as a matter of fact, it's they're, they're kind of overjoyed at the thought of punching you in the throat. Yeah, there's a there's a number, uh, you know, there's a number machine in the corner of my office here. If you want to take a number, um, apparently there's a lot of uh, energy around punching me in the throat. Now, I will say that the odds of me staying in public, I need to story this or I want to story this is pretty low. And it was driven by either a millennial or a Gen Z or saying it, you know, similar like I need to tweet this or I'm going to Facebook this or so this is the whole story phenomenon of, mm-hmm. you know, stories on uh, Snapchat and Instagram like I need to story this like so I hope to God I never say it if I do carte blanche to punch me in the throat. Just so that you know, we do have this already set up as an event that's going to be a sponsored event by Job Addex. We already have T-shirts being designed, Mm -hmm. throat punch, Joel T-shirts, those types of things. So when it does happen, because it'll happen, we will have an event (laughs) pulled together. To make sure that everybody can enjoy the Joel throw punching. <laughs> Multiple video sponsors, video sponsors have lined up to uh, to video record this and and push it out there. Uh, now to to underscore the idiocy of of mankind, yeah. um, my throat punch post has received almost fifteen thousand views. <laughs> From the comments and like people talk a lot about, you know, why don't you write or talk about more uh, thoughtful intellectual pieces? The point is, you know, we give the people what they want and apparently they want throat punches and Braveheart videos and everything else. So if you don't like our content, blame it on humanity (laughs) because we're just giving the people what they want. That's right. Ed from Philly, he loves what we're saying because he really liked the weekend at Bernie's uh, comment about we're Wilbur Ross. <laughs> that was pretty good. Lang over at Job Elephants uh, officially sent us a strongly worded letter and took exception to uh, your uh, job site farming comment. Ooh. 
because uh, Job Elephant, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, is uh, is their product, and he took he took exception to that. Yeah. So those that didn't listen, uh, Text Kernel being acquired <laughs> by Career Builder, I think Text Kernel is an awful name. Yes. It it may it reminds me of farming and corn kernels, mm-hmm. um, and the whole like animal thing is played. So Job Elephant, what I got for you is. A big elephant gun. Oh, God. Killing it. Okay. So, Toby <laughs> Coleshaw. Loves us. Well, and he's created a TA podcast list for TA professionals. So, if you're out there, you're a TA professional, maybe you're a vendor in this space, and you mm-hmm. want to listen to uh, top-notch podcasts, obviously, you're already listening to one. Uh, he's actually created a list for this. So, check it out. It's on um, LinkedIn. Toby Colshaw, C-U-L mm-hmm. Shaw, and there you go. And I don't think they were numbered, but we're clearly number one if he had numbered yeah. uh, numbered that list, I think. Yeah. Canada, here we come, eh? Yeah. Events, uh, February 19th through the 22nd-ish. going to be awesome. Uh, we're going to be in Banff yep. in Cal- near Calgary, Canada. More CEOs than we can shake a stick at. Uh, more thought leaders. I'm not sure how they let us into the event, but <laughs> sure enough, we're going to be there and uh, in- aspire to interview a lot of people and get a lot of content for everybody. So this is a cult branding event. Names like Yeti, LA Lakers, Marvel Comics, Cinnabon. Cheetos. Yeah, Cinnabon. Cinnabon, uh, Cheetos, Converse, yeah. M&M's, Porsche, Miller. I mean, dude, Budweiser. this is I mean, this is like the brand event of the year. So we're pretty we're pretty fucking stoked. Not to mention after that, there is a uh, a concert event, which which uh, I'm going to go to as well. So it, it should be fun. It feels like Davos meets South by Southwest <laughs> for Canada is basically what we're going to. Uh, and they let us meatheads in. Yep. Soon, you will be able to check out the new Chad Cheese, first limited edition Chad original. Cheese t-shirt, original design. Exclusive. Exclusive. What What else do we want to put on it? <laughs> Earth shattering. <laughs> Orga- orgasmic. We're going to have three or four different designs <laughs> you can vote on. This is all sponsored by our friends at Emissary.ai. They are going to be promoting. They are the sponsor of this first limited edition Chad and Cheese shirt, which we're going to be giving away at events this year. We're excited. You're excited. This is your baby, man. You've been talking about a t-shirt sponsorship for a long time, and I have poo-pooed it since you started it. So I'm giving you full credit. If this thing takes off, Chad is is the guy behind it. First and foremost, you get throat punched for saying poo-pooed. Uh, and second, it's going to take off. People love fucking t-shirts and Chad and G's t-shirt. Give me a break. Come on. Especially when they're limited and orgasmic. Oh, yeah. People love those kinds exactly of t-shirts. Right. That's exactly right. Holy shit. Are we done with shout outs? One more. Mark Pfeffer is providing us <laughs> yeah. with sound effects. I'm working with Mark on another project. <laughs> I thought, fuck it. I'm going to pull in some of these these uh, sound effects for, for Chad and Cheese too. He'll love it. So go ahead and play one. Asshole. <laughs> 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 Did we get a signature to do this? Like, are we gonna have to pay him every time we use asshole on the show? No, don't don't even put that out there in the universe for God's sakes. Now we're gonna have to think about it. I'm working with him. He's he writes all the content for HCMTechReport.com, and we're doing some podcasting roundups and whatnot, and we're trying to liven some of the stuff up. So I thought you'd just kind of like cross pollinate some of the uh, stuff that we're using over there, and it'd be fun. Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> 
Now everybody's going to want sound bites on the show. Yeah. Nice. Well, and that nice. is awesome. We should do that. Where's my Ed from Philly fucking sound bite? Yeah, we got to have some Philly. What would Ed say? I I don't know. We need a sound bite. All right. All right, Ed. <laughs> Through the guns. All right. George LaRock Ooh. is starting off the wow. show. Dude did a poll. Uh-huh. Uh he has larockinc.com is his blog. Uh, LaRock, L-A-R-O-C-Q-U-E, Inc.com. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing that's French. LaRock. LaRock. Something. Yeah. So the title is Everything on the Internet Starts with Google. <laughs> sure, but what about online job search? Uh, they say no. You have a few comments about the results. I have a little bit, bit of a commentary about the sample size. Uh-huh. But essentially, it's a big hand stroke to Indeed, which lands number one. Although I'm a little, uh, I'm confused because the headline is basically like Google sucks, but Google is number two uh, in terms of you know search site used. Mm-hmm. Uh, the where does the job search start? Yeah. Google's number two, mm-hmm. and they're like five or six points behind Indeed. And then you go down to LinkedIn, Monster, ZipRecruiter, Glassdoor, etc. Yeah. So, like, what are your thoughts about the results? I don't think this is a huge blow to to Google, but the headline would would say otherwise. Yeah, I take issue mainly in the methodology. So it was Mm -hmm. a survey. I think it's cute. Yeah. When you're asking dumb humans where they start anything, because they can't fucking remember. Seriously, it it doesn't look like the survey is any better and it has any better information than the ATS drop down question. Where did you find this job? Right. Yeah. And, you know, there are a certain number of people and let's let's agree that Indeed still has some nice search rankings on a lot of things. Yeah. People are still going to Google and then going to Indeed and then finding the job from there or applying through that. And so so you really get into some compute confusing issues of do they really remember or what what exactly is the process by which uh, they're telling you what they're voting yeah. for? This is why analytics exist. Right. So you put a piece of code on websites and you don't leave it up to human beings. You leave it up to like what actually happens, mm-hmm. which obviously wasn't what uh, this survey gauged as far as I know. In fact, they my big problem with it is that they surveyed a whopping in the job search uh, arena, 540 individuals. If this was 540 employers, I'd say home run. That's a great sample size because it's hard to get employers to answer anything. Right. But dude, 540 job seekers is not a ton of people. I think the rule of, of thumb, and I'm not a survey mm-hmm. expert, but I think the rule of thumb is you look at the potential universe and then getting as close to 10% of that as possible. So, you know, at 10%, 500 would be 5,000. Yeah, not, not, not even, not even close. So a lot more, a lot more than 5,000 yeah. job seekers in the country. So I would have loved to have seen a lot larger sample size. Mm-hmm. George could have like partnered with any job board of significance on the planet and emailed, you know, a number of their people, or he could have just put uh, an ad on Facebook and target people. I mean, there, there are probably different ways that he could get a lot of people to answer this question. Um, but 540, I, you know, is a, is a fairly small sample size. I wouldn't put the gospel around what the results were. I don't want fucking human beings answering anything. Well, that's never going to happen. We have data. We have fucking data. Okay. <laughs> so it was funny because this kind of string blew up on social and there were a few people that were saying, oh, that's a fine sample size. And and I thought, you know what? It's pretty fucking simple. You can aggregate many of the people who are in this conversation can actually aggregate the data from their clients and they can come out with a real number, right? 
Because this, I don't think, is a real number. It's 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 a human survey. Who gives a fuck, right? Yeah. Give me data. This is not data. <laughs> this is the problem that I see within our industry today. We are focused too much on noise instead of the actual fucking data, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this. This mm -hmm. survey. Quit doing fucking surveys like this. Stop it. Give me fucking data. But don't do stupid surveys when you can get data that will actually give us concrete information. So I guess you don't have a SurveyMonkey subscription <laughs> then, right? So for SurveyMonkey, I mean, SurveyMonkey can be used for many different things, right? I mean, you can ask, but not this. This is you should be able to find data that supports this. So for the record, if a company wants to survey their employees about where they want to go for dinner on Christmas or the holidays, like you're OK with that. Yeah. Just not big kind of topic stuff. Or if you want to survey someone about their interview or their exits, like that's OK. You're not totally anti-survey. No. Just with stuff like this, you want just hard data. If there's if there is hard data. Right. And unless unless you're pulling all of the Yelp information from all your employees uh, or Google reviews or for, for mm -hmm. restaurants and whatnot, if you have that data, fucking a I mean, big brother have at it, um, you know, plan your party. In most cases, you don't. In this case, you can get the fucking data. If you don't have the data, then guess what? Don't fucking talk about it. Because we're getting ready to survey our listeners for their favorite T-shirt. So I just want to make sure that when we do that, they can't come back and say, we did a survey and you guys hate surveys. Like some surveys are OK, just for the record. Can we actually pull data together that will tell us which T-shirt our listeners like before we actually put those out there. No, we don't. If we had it, we wouldn't be asking the fucking humans, right? But we don't. So we're going to poll them. Fair enough, man. We like George. Let's put that out there. Love George. Love George. We've interviewed him. Hopefully he'll come back on the show at some point. <laughs> he will. Maybe we'll talk about this survey and he can tell us how we're full of shit and how yeah. it's an awesome you know, data set. So well, there's, a, there's a couple of things we could ask him onto the show and we could talk about this. Uh, we could also ask uh, like the Shane Grays of the world who are have companies like Clinch who actually aggregate this data so it wouldn't just be like a certain client mm -hmm. and could prospectively give us data points yeah. on what they're seeing through a litany of of uh, different uh, different companies right yeah. that to me is a better conversation yeah and we're interviewing uh isims about a whole bunch of data here yep. this month i believe right. and maybe we'll talk about what sources are driving the most traffic to uh, to their to their customers. Yep. I think that's a much better uh, data point than uh, asking people. Yes, I agree. I agree. All right, man, let's move on to uh, Indeed. And you found this story. What's up? No, actually, uh, one of our listeners uh, hit me up on uh, LinkedIn Messenger and and really said, hey, have you seen, you know, a, a big movement with Indeed Hire? I was like, no, why? He's like, man, they they are. Um, they're calling us left and right. So they're seeing more of a sales push. Uh, not to mention, he gave me a link to the website, which has a video that focuses obviously on the product. And it just seems like it's more polished than I've ever seen it before. And uh, I, that's where I thought was it was interesting. And it would bring up the interesting discussion around, as you'd said before, that you really believe that Indeed is going after the staffing industry. And this in itself could be could be evidence. Which I wish we had like a sound guy in a booth, but we're just two idiots, you know, <laughs> at desks. I, I, I'm pretty sure there's a soundbite somewhere where you think I'm full of shit uh, thinking that Indeed is getting into staffing. They're getting into staffing. Yeah. Like 
the video, Google, like Indeed Hire, Google Hire, Indeed Hire, Mm -hmm. you know, they screw the staffing industry a few weeks ago, kicked them off the site unless they're paying. Like, this is why they're getting into staffing and they're getting serious because these videos, the site, it's just, it's very well made. This is where they're going. They're, they're going to compete with staffing companies for sure. What I said was, I don't see them going against the Adecos or the Ronstads of the world. Are they going? They were already in staffing. Do I think that they're going to be a behemoth? And st- no, I don't. Are they going to try? But fuck, they just might. Um, I think this is interesting though, because back in the day for Monster and Career Builder. Dude, they were taking their bucks as they were killing them, right? They were taking their dollars. They were sending them traffic as they were slowly mm-hmm. bleeding them and killing them. But mm-hmm. they just kicked staffing off. And and I, we've talked about before, some staffing companies are actually spending more money because of that. So Asshole. <laughs> maybe, maybe this is part of the grand plan. We're going to get more money out of staffing. And this is how we're going to bleed staffing by kicking them off because they're already hooked on the crack. And then, uh, and then guess what? We're going to take their business from them. I'm clapping because yes, you, you have encapsulated the whole strategy and it's a repeat from what they did to job boards, kick them off, get them to pay, and then slowly bleed them with our own product. Boom. Rinse and repeat. It's worked before. The thing is, I don't, I don't know that it'll work on the, the big ones that are out there, right? The, the ones who have enormous databases as it is. To me, it's clearly sold as a, if you don't have the infrastructure currently mm-hmm. to place people yeah. or find people, like we will do that for you. But yes, the, the large enterprise folks, I, I don't know. But this is a clear strike against the staffing industry. How do you think this is going to impact Europe? Because, I mean, there's so I mean, obviously, st- the staffing companies in Europe, uh, I mean, that's a part of a company's DNA. Sure. Well, we've been wondering, you know, uh, the buildup in Ireland, the buildup in the yep. UK, whether that's with real estate or uh-huh. people like maybe this is a big part of it. Like, let's really take on staffing in a big way. And Europe could be right for that. Could be. Could be. Look out, Europe. Here comes Indeed. Look out. Yeah. If you've uh, if you've used the Indeed higher product, like it, love it, hate it, uh, whatever, uh, hit us up at chadcheese.com. We'd love to hear your uh, your take on the product. You know it. And speaking of products that we know are awesome, uh-huh. let's hear uh, let's hear from Job Ad X. This is their new ad. Yeah. I feel like a I feel like a DJ or a, a VJ uh, announcing the new Thriller uh, video. Uh, here you, here's the new one from Job Ad X, boys and girls. This is the sound of job search. This is the sound of job search defeat. Ugh. Job search can be frustrating. Job seekers run into the same irrelevant ads, page after page before they find a match. When job seekers aren't engaged, conversions are low. Budgets are wasted. Jobs go unfilled. No one wins. But job search doesn't have to be defeating. JobEdX's Smart Search Exchange references 400 data points to select the most targeted jobs and delivers what job seekers really want to premium ad units across our network. Score! That's the sound of JobEdX's relevant results, attracting a qualified candidate and filling your job faster. Find out how to improve your job advertising campaigns and increase candidate attraction and engagement by emailing us at join us at jobadx.com. Job Addicts. Together, we can save job search. Save it. I'm in a really good mood after that uh, background (laughs) soundtrack. I feel like uh, 
it's like from the Brady Bunch or some sort of like 70s or 80s <laughs> sitcom. I like and it. They I were like happy it. the entire time. Yes. I love it. Yeah. Much improved job at X. Very Way nice. to go. Shout out to Isabel, uh, who we know is sort of uh, doing the marketing nice. there now. Nice. The company. Uh, so a topic we never discuss, automation. <laughs> There's a ton of stuff out there. Uh, what do you want to start uh, with? Let's start with the Brookings Institute uh, report. Okay. Talking about the jobs that are going to go away, uh, where they're at, all that other happy horse shit. And I mean, it's pretty simple that uh, many of these jobs like food prep, production operations like manufacturing, office administration support, farming. I did this kind of blew my mind. Farming, fishing and forestry transportation, Mm -hmm. construction, and uh, extraction, those were all above 50%. So they had like this index. Uh, Food prep was like 81%. So as you go into your McDonald's today and you start to see these boards that you're doing, kind of like these touch boards where you're uh, ordering your food now, Mm -hmm. uh, and then you just go to the the front and the food's waiting for you there, um, that's kind of like another step on the food prep piece. And then we also saw, um, God, is the robot called Flippy. Uh, (laughs) In in uh, in California, right, and uh, it would it would flip the burgers, it would get the burgers right, put it put it on the bun, have the a full burger done for you the way that you ordered it, and a person didn't touch it until they delivered it. What I found interesting was sort of demographically where you know the types of folks that are going to be impacted the most, and the Brookings Institute study yeah. really targeted men, uh, young folks, and minorities for mm-hmm. a variety of reasons. I also found it interesting that the Rust Belt would be particularly harder hit because a lot of the jobs are boring, repetitive, like stuff, right? And it's productive. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's no mistake that our politics, you know, in large part are being driven by fear. And there's a ton of fear uh, employment wise. I'm going to have a job, particularly in the Midwest and the Rust Belt, uh, where folks yeah. are getting displaced you know, by robots. And there's a real fear there of what's going on. I mean, and what we, what I'm finding is, um, you know, we did the Walmart story uh, last week about Walmart needing drivers. Yeah. So I kind of, I kind of went a little bit of like, maybe we're getting too ahead of ourselves with the whole automation thing. And then this week sort of slapped me in the face saying like, (laughs) no, we're actually not like Amazon employs, you know, over a hundred thousand robots in its warehouses and they employ Mm 125,000 humans. So that gives you an idea of it's almost 50, 50, you know, at some place like Amazon. Um, And we'll talk about uh, self-driving cars, et cetera. So for me, it's like a lot of this isn't, you know, 20, 30, 50, a hundred years in the future. This is sooner than maybe we think. And, uh, Brookings talked about, yeah. uh, you know, the, the automation of, uh, by 2040, you know, food preparation, uh, 91% automatable. Um, that's a huge, you know, huge segment of the workforce that, you know, 20 years, isn't that far away is going to be gone basically yeah. like there there'll be a, there'll be a manager per for, per store and that's it mm-hmm. like it's all automated at restaurants what got me was like healthcare support was at 40% healthcare practitioners was at 33 and we're starting to see where ai mm-hmm. is detecting cancer robots can do uh surgery more efficiently um so there's a lot of this even even in these very difficult types of jobs. Being a practitioner, a healthcare practitioner uh, is pretty amazing. But yeah, I mean, you talk about uh, the, the the Walmart piece and, and we were talking about, you know, Walmart is uh, sucking the air 
mm-hmm. out of the uh, trucking industry because they're pretty much close to doubling the salary that their truckers to like $90,000. So therefore, they're driving retention, not to mention they're sucking the air out of the market by pulling all those drivers in. What can Amazon do? I mean, what can they do? So we also shared Mm -hmm. a report about Embark, self-driving trucks delivering a payload from LA to Jacksonville last year. And now Embark, go figure, is partnered up with Amazon. Shocking. Yeah. But those gaps, dude, it's all about the gaps. So Amazon says, yeah, I have to automate. I have to. I can't do business because I don't have people. Right. I don't have people. Now, when this when the market flips and there are more people than there are jobs, it's too fucking late, guys. Yeah. Robots are already in. Yeah. The the efficiency, the cost savings is already, you know, in the in the recipe. Yeah, it's, it's no over. sick days. Yeah. And and again, this was this was another slap in my face to be like, wow, yeah, I forgot about was it Budweiser who had a truckload of beer delivered across country and then, you know, the Amazon thing. Uh-huh. Uh, we talked a little bit about the little Amazon drones that could be rolling around the sidewalks in a neighborhood near you soon. Like this stuff is happening yeah. and, and we report on it. I also think to go back to the original, um, the demographics of it, you know, young people, you know, you and I both have young uh, kids. Yours are older than mine. But, you know, that first mm-hmm. job that you get that, you know, builds pride and responsibility and, and all that and and. The, the, the story on the Brookings Institute talked about half of uh, employment opportunities for 18 to 24 year olds will be gone within 10 years or will be automated. Yeah. So imagine all the young people that aren't getting that first step in the you know, foot in the door, you know, because of automation. Yeah. We talk a lot about, you know, the old folks that are doing the old manufacturing jobs, but it's young people that are going to be highly impacted by automation. And, and that's something to worry about as well. Yes. Uh, but again, you take a look at all the gaps that we're experiencing right now, people. And this is one of the things that I think, you know, Peter Weddle outlined very well on circa 2118 is that there's opportunity there to get rid of the human friction. And the opportunity happens when there aren't enough humans to go around, which is right now. And you can fill those positions with efficiencies and robots and those jobs won't come back. So we're talking about jobs going to Mexico and that kind of shit. That's nothing, guys. Those jobs, eh, in some cases, might come back. The ones that go to the robots, that shit's not coming back. Amen. So in Tello, uh, let's talk about automation recruiting. Uh, <laughs> this was some interesting data. Yep. They had a survey uh, come out. What piqued your interest on that from an automation standpoint? I thought it was funny because it, the very first point was 60% of recruiters say finding the right candidate is their top challenge. And 40% say that you know it's engaging candidates. But then it goes on to say that 37% of recruiters rank email as the the preferred outreach mechanism. Did you say email? Email. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, it's true. That that number did not surprise you. (laughs) No, it didn't surprise me because we've got all these old timey fucking recruiters that are out there that aren't, they're not up with texting, with messaging, with actually quick and easy Mm -hmm. ways to first and foremost identify candidates. So, so if you're going to LinkedIn today and you're trying to source candidates just manually through LinkedIn, dude, fuck. I mean, there are platforms that can do that in seconds and then you can turn around and start messaging. We've even seen, I'm talking to um, the guys at that CLO uh, about what they're doing to increase efficiencies for all of their clients. 
and RPO. And it's all around automation. Isn't it funny how we talk about email or messaging for a second. The survey, as you mentioned, 39% email, uh, 33% phone and text, uh, LinkedIn yeah. and mail is 13%. That's LinkedIn was really small. That's That kind of surprised me. And I don't know exactly what kind of recruiters they were talking to, but if only 13% are using in-mails, that doesn't bode well uh, for LinkedIn. So to me, like putting in phone with text should <laughs> should totally be separate. Like if it was yes. phone, I, uh-huh. I, 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 much, I much rather would like to know what phone is versus text right. than putting those two together. So, so, so in next year's survey, let's make sure Intello that we, we separate phone and text because I think those are very different. And I would also put chat with text as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Then taking that next step, 47, almost 50% of recruiters don't track open rates. Over 50% don't track click-through rates. So they don't even know how all of this shit is performing. They could have the worst emails in the world, 39% of them, right? Mm-hmm. Could have the worst emails in the world and they don't even know how they're performing. I don't know. I mean, and again, this is one of the reasons why we have automation and platforms out there is one of the reasons why obviously Intello created this Mm -hmm. automation trends report. But uh, yeah, it's like, guys, get with the fucking times and start looking at the way that you're engaging candidates uh, before you throw them into the fucking black hole. Yep. Also, I think it, it it underscores the role that drip campaigns may have in the future, because if yeah. it's just sort of these one and done emails, like you're just scratching the surface of what yeah. you could get. It, all is not lost. Now, 75% say technology will play a larger role in their hiring processes next year or this year. 22% plan to increase their spend on AI powered recruiting software. Yep. So it's not all lost. There are some innovators, some first movers in this group. So hopefully the the next year survey will reflect that. Now, I will also underscore uh, from our first story, uh-huh. uh, the the Intello surveyed 625 talent acquisition <laughs> professionals, yeah. which is more than LaRock surveyed from job seeker data. Yes. So good on Intello for getting a good data set uh, versus LaRock's job seekers, which was even less than what Intello was able to get for uh, responses for a recruitment survey. Give me some applause. And I'm going to and I'm going to to uh, my last point is also 75 percent of recruiters lack confidence in their ability to leverage AI tools to recruit, <laughs> which is why more and more marketers will need yes. to be recruiters talking to the vendors that are out there. Right. OK, so vendors, listen up. The easier you make it for recruiters to actually not even have to use your platform, it just works making it less human friction uh, will increase adoption. We're both still waiting for that voice assistant where you say, you know, get me a get me a Ruby on Rails developer with five plus years experience in Seattle. Go. And it just does it. <laughs> and your schedule gets filled with interviews. Um, well, this is a fantastic segue to our yes. next sponsor, Canvas. Uh, let's hear from them and their automated Uh, service and text messaging. And then we're going to talk about anti-ghosting magic. Be right back, kids. Canvas is the world's first intelligent text-based interviewing platform, empowering recruiters to engage, screen, and coordinate logistics via text. And so much more. We keep the human, that's you, at the center, while CanvasBot is at your side, adding automation to your workflow. 
Canvas leverages the latest in machine learning technology and has powerful integrations that help you make the most of every minute of your day. Easily amplify your employment brand with your newest culture video or add some personality to the mix by firing off a Bitmoji. We make compliance easy and are laser focused on recruiter success. Request a demo at gocanvas.io and in 20 minutes, we'll show you how to text at the speed of talent. That's gocanvas.io. Get ready to text at the speed of talent. You've seen the movie Tropic Thunder, haven't you? Oh, God, yes. So the the final scene, <laughs> like in the credits, where Tom Cruise is dancing. Yes. Like, I always see that when I hear the canvas music <laughs> for some reason. G5, player. I'm the dude playing the dude. Oh, man. So this is this wasn't planned, but we actually are going to start to talk a little bit about canvas and ghosting. Uh, when it comes to, to employees, right? And, and candidates. So I, I wrote my first story about Mia or Maya. I don't know what we're calling it today, but uh, Maya, sort of the first chat bot that got any kind of you know decent play. This was in 2016. Mm-hmm. So uh, they sent out a little PR saying, hey, here's some data. Here's what's new with us, et cetera. Right. Uh, so I, th- I thought three years, you know, three years into this, uh, what what's the data showing what's going on? And the chat bot for phenomenon uh, is going strong. And granted, uh, I talked to people who are actually selling this product. So take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. But the met- the metrics around it are really favorable, um, you know, in terms of uh, reply rate are, you know, 90, 90% plus engagement rates are very high, particularly in, uh, in comparison to email and telephone. Time to hire is being decreased significantly. Yeah. Um, for a lot of these companies that are using chatbots and automation um, in that standpoint. And interestingly, uh, what I thought, and this was this was great, uh, Amon Brar, who's the CEO and founder over at Canvas, uh, he's always good for a soundbite. Yeah. And uh, his was messaging or chat, you know, chatbots are, quote, anti-ghosting magic. So we talk a lot about uh, ghosting on the show, yeah. about you know millennials and anyone just sort of disappearing from the interview process or even not showing up at work or just leaving leaving after, you know, a couple hours. Uh-huh. Uh, for whatever reason, if you have a ghosting problem, getting on the chatbot train uh, will remedy a lot of that because for whatever reason, if people are chatting on an ongoing basis, there's less likelihood of, of just ghosting you in the recruiting process. Yes. We did a podcast with uh, Adam Godson from Cielo, one of our badass podcasts. And I mm-hmm. think he actually, he was talking about, uh, it might've been an off conversation that we had as well, but Cielo, I know, has automation put in place, much like the Canvas automation that you're talking about. And they have seen dramatic um, dips in ghosting because the system actually texts out to the candidates mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and, and that kind of like ties the candidate in. It's like, are you going to be there today at whatever? So it's that first, it's that reminder because not everybody goes by a calendar, yep. but it's that reminder and it's that email or that message that goes out to them, making them feel like they're not in a black hole. And it could be just a system, just a process that's actually firing, not an actual human being, but mm-hmm. that's not what the person cares about. They just know that you're reaching out to them to remind them that today at one or what have you, you have an interview, we're looking forward to seeing you or something like that. That means something to a candidate. And uh, interestingly, uh, so 
two two vendors actually talked about ghosting. Uh, Amon uh, talked about it as well as um, uh, Aaron Matos, Matos, our friend at Olivia. And his quote was, uh, hiring managers and talent professionals waste hours of time each week with candidates who ghost or no show to interviews. Uh, yeah. Thanks to assistance automating uh, both the scheduling and the follow-up for interviews, uh, we have clients reporting interview attendance at 98%. Uh, a couple of the Maya highlights as well. Um, they talked about 90% of contacts having conversations compared with claims of the industry talking about 37% uh, connect only when relying on human recruiters. Each completed Maya conversation saved a recruiter 20 minutes and triple the number of candidates that move through the process from application to securing interest to hiring and qualified candidates were scheduled for an interview within 72 hours of submitting their application, mm-hmm. which was a 79% reduction in uh, typical time that applications usually turn into interviews. Adam over at Candidate ID, who's going to be in a death match in, in Lisbon, mm-hmm. uh, he's always talking about nurturing candidates, right? And, and nurturing them with content that's relevant in many cases, but also sending out those little pings, mm-hmm. right? Just those little things, just to touch base. That means so much to a candidate. And that's what a system is doing that human beings are not. And real quick, I want to put it in a plug for our Demopocalypse with TalkPush, because these guys are obviously big in the chatbot space chatbot layered with crm yep. uh so just go to the site you can click on podcast and then videos and and look for the demo apocalypse uh, check it out man i mean this is all about process and being able to be more efficient and ensuring that you are nurturing mm-hmm. those applicants, those candidates, and even those employees uh, with these different platforms. It's really, really fucking cool. Yeah, I think this really will be the year that uh, if you're not testing, at least testing out chatbots, you're really going to be behind the eight ball because there are so many vendors, so many companies that are providing this. If you're not using it, yeah. um, you're screwing yourself because the numbers are pointing to a lot better better experience for everybody when chatbots and automation are being used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Chatbots texting. I mean, just look at everything and blow up your process and focus on efficiencies because these platforms are made for that. Which, which, by the way, a little side note from a, from the sports fans here on the, the podcast, uh-huh. uh, Nick, Nick Saban, as <laughs> anyone in, at least in the U.S. will know, uh, is head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, there was a story on Deadspin this week about one of his coaches actually just leaving and becoming head coach at some other university. So even Nick Saban is dealing with being ghosted. I can't, I can't believe that. So I guarantee you, Nick, like, forgot several conversations. Dude came to him and said, hey, look, you know, this is what I'm looking at. I, I, I can't believe a dude just cleaned out his office and fucking left without telling Nick Saban. I can't believe it. Are you accusing Nick Saban of uh, pandering to the media? Imagine that. Or heaven forbid, lying to the media? Yes. Miami Dolphins. Maybe he's smoking something, which (laughs) leads us to our next and final story. Nice segue. Uh, uh, Vangst. I assume I'm saying that right. It's angst with a V. Yep. In the news this week, uh, raised $10 million. Crazy. In uh, in venture money. I think that brings their total to about $12.5 million. I find it interesting because we rarely find job boards interesting, but the pot industry lives in a bubble yes. from a job board perspective. Mm-hmm. Like no uh, no traditional job board will touch pot jobs because they're illegal. Like it's still federal law 
that you can't smoke pot. So none of the like national job boards will post pot jobs because it's the same as posting like casino gambling where it's illegal jobs or whatever it is, right? Okay. They're, they're sure they're regulations. So if you want to get in the job board industry, get into pot because you live in a bubble. It's like 1999. Yeah. Like it's the Wild West. And so this company started a couple of years ago. It was started out of uh, this woman's dorm, or let's say girl, because she was in college. Yep. And it was born out of, she emailed uh, a, a, a consumer list that she had. She was selling something out of her dorm. She pulled, here we go back to surveys. Yeah. She pulled uh, her fellow college students and said, like, what kind of job would you most love to have coming out of college? And overwhelmingly, like a job in the pot industry <laughs> was really favorable. <laughs> so she said, holy shit, I got to start a job board. Uh-huh. And get and get all these students that want pot jobs with employers who need to hire them. So she founded this company. It was it was more or less a job board slash staffing company yeah. uh, at the beginning. It has since become what we love one of the the on demand uh, employment platforms. Yes. So similar to Uber or fill in the blank with whatever plated snag etc. Uh, students can go out to California, Colorado, wherever it's legal on their phone. Like what jobs are available. Uh, how, what hours do I want to work? Uh, I assume they're getting high in the, the hours that they're not working, uh, <laughs> although they're working in pot. I don't know if that's anyway. So this is this is just kind of cool. It's a side story in the job board space, which is relatively boring yeah. in most cases. Like this is where the action is. And if you believe that pot is going to be legal in the U.S., uh, if not most of the world at some point. Information from a Sherm article that I thought was interesting. It's called the ABCs of THC. Uh, about 60%, 62% of U.S. respondents to a 2018 Pew Research survey said marijuana should be legal. 62%. Now, back in 2000, that was only 31%. So it's doubled. State laws reflect that changing attitudes were about 33 states. There are a shit ton of states today that have legalized medical marijuana and 10 states approve both its medical and recreational use, right? So Mm -hmm. the global legal marijuana market is expected to reach 146 over 146 billion by the end of 2025. Yeah. And I've seen estimates as high as 500 billion at its height. I mean, if you agree that it's going to be 25% of the tobacco industry, then you're just looking at ridiculous numbers. And here's something else. So Marijuana possession cases, uh, regardless of quantity uh, or a person's criminal record, will no longer be prosecuted in Baltimore, as the state's attorney general actually said that. I see more of that happening as well, where it's like, look, we've over the years have incarcerated way too many fucking people over weed. By the way, isn't it strange that uh, former House Speaker John Boehner is like leading the charge? Have you seen these commercials? <laughs> yes. Like John Boehner pot conferences and yep. pot summits. Like yep. it's it's totally bizarre, uh, particularly for guys like us who grew up in the just say no era uh-huh. that the former Speaker of the House, that's a Republican, is leading the charge about legalized pot. Always told us gateway drug, man. That's all we heard. <laughs> oh, dude, marijuana oh, is gateway drug. Don't do it, man. Being Gen X sucks, man. Like, you, 
sex was going to kill you. Drugs were going to kill you. Like the Russians were going to kill you. Like everyone was going to kill us growing up. Very uh, much. So yeah, the kids now have it much easier. I'm getting the munchies with all this high talk. It's time for lunch. Uh, I'm out. If you are, I am out. We out. We out. Hi, I'm Tristan. Thanks for listening to my stepdad, the Chad and his goofy friend cheese. You've been listening to the Chad and cheese podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss out on all the knowledge dropping that's happening up in here. They made me say that. The most important part is to check out our sponsors because I need new track spikes. You know, the expensive shiny gold pair that are extra because, well, I'm extra. For more, visit chatcheese.com. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary, yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you, and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.